Hello and welcome to A Couple of Goons. I am Walt Hickey. Joining me as always is Neil Payne. What up, Neil? Hey, Walt. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Yeah, just uh, been a fascinating week. I mean, like, it's been really good hockey this week. It's like it's, it's I think, among the best that, that we've had an opportunity to see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. some of that depends on your perspective, right? Yeah, I mean, if you are if you are you know an islander, I suppose that it might be a you might have some misgivings about the events of the week. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I would say just kind of in general, uh, you know, pretty pretty good stuff. Uh, what have you been watching? <laughs> well, I mean, we're at the stage where you just watch the playoffs. You know, there's like a game on every night, and uh, it alternates between the series, which I think is a nice pace. I think once we get to the um, the final. We'll have uh, like some break, you know, some some days, uh, maybe like one day travel day in between where there's a break in the action. But um, and then we'll have to find out something else to do with our lives, which is kind of upsetting. Yeah, I mean, the off season is going to be the off season. I mean, well, that's a whole other season? story. How long is the off season? <laughs> you know, I I don't know that we actually know that uh, the answer to that this year. I. Th- think they're going to try to start it at like a normal um on a normal timetable so or the following season that is on a normal timetable so that would put us at like starting the season in early october something like that um but yeah i, I don't know if that's been officially nailed down you could correct me on that uh dear yeah. listeners if 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 they have announced that i i don't know why i i think that again like so, so, so they're moving to a completely different broadcasting partners, right? Yeah, the the Turner slash ESPN deal. Ah, yes, the the, the worldwide leader. Um, the definitely seems like it. You know, it's going to be a very transformational off season. But then again, we're not even at the end of the season yet. So let's get yeah, back. Yeah, we're talking yeah. about the off season. Come on, there's four teams. There's four uh, teams now. Yes. Obviously, we happen to be fans of some of the teams that are not on those four teams, and so we are kind of considering. The abyss of what's to come, but um, <clears throat> maybe wait. That's I thought just... you always were a Montreal Canadiens fan. Oh no, no, exactly. I've always been a Montreal Canadiens fan, uh, going way back right. to the very beginning. As we all know, the playoffs has been just me rooting for the Canadians the whole time. You're going to no. be a Canadiens fan if they keep going like this. You're actually going to be locked into being a perma fan of them. Is it like an animorphs where if you stay as one for too long, eventually you're stuck in that? <laughs> I think that's right. Or it's like um if you're if you remember Odo from Star Trek Deep Space 9, if he held the <laughs> shape for too long, he needed to recuperate in a bucket afterward. So I think uh he was a he was a shapeshifter, of course. Yeah. Um uh so yeah, I think that uh if if you pretend to be a Montreal fan for too long, you either become one or you have to revert to a bucket of goo. Yeah. One or the other. I'm not sure which. Either way, I really don't Maybe have a head both. for languages. Why so not I both? can't I can't learn French, man. I can't. I it's like <laughs> I try the the, the the state of New York really wanted me to learn a language for a long time there. And I, I for whatever reason my brain just doesn't work that way. So um, Is it just opposed to French? Like you could learn Spanish no, you could learn that's something the worst else, part. or you just I tried can't to learn, learn anything. I try to learn Spanish and I was really bad at it. I like Latin, you don't need to speak. And so, like, I can read that pretty decently. But, like, there's also not, like, a native Latin speaker that, like, is really trying to just figure out what the fuck you want to order at this particular restaurant. <laughs> so, like, oh, this well, I a little assumed bit lower. If, if you went to Vatican City, you would just, you know, the you would find yourself conversing with the Pope in Latin. 
Yeah, yeah. That doesn't happen? No, yeah. Apparently, uh, <laughs> popes don't really uh, – they prefer apparently Spanish these days, which we've uh, already been over. It's not my strong suit. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so uh, – nah, I don't know. I mean, like, clearly I've had always had some affection for Montreal. Uh, but I would also just kind of remark, like, I clearly can't because I'm a fan of another original six team. Well, no, I mean, we know that in reality, uh, you are a fan of another original six team. I was just wondering whether we were going to continue this facade uh, (laughs) of of rewriting history, you know, how long that was going to last. It has to last through at least, like, if Montreal wins, you can bet I'm going to be, like, streaming the parade from TSN or wherever they end up airing it. You can can bet I'm going to get a uh, Kotkaniemi jersey. Yes, absolutely. You can absolutely and, and learn how to pronounce Kote Kanyemi. No, I can't do that. Like I just mentioned, I'm really bad at languages. Um, but he's yeah, Finnish. I, he's not he's even Finnish. He's not even French. <sighs> wow. Okay. So see, that's just a trap card. I don't know what to put. I don't know what to play with that. There's um, a lot of great Finnish players, though. So you're going to have to learn it eventually if you're if you're going to level up as a hockey guy. Yeah, they're like a persistent presence at the Olympics, right? For sure. And uh, I mean, they're not. Uh, uh, they don't. I don't know that they ever had an iconic goal on a stamp. That's what yeah. maybe separates them from Sweden. <laughs> but <laughs> once you start getting the newismatist, oh, no, no, that's coins. Shit. Um, when, when, once you start getting the uh, the, the stamp people involved, oh yeah, philatelists. Yep. Oh, that's the one. Yeah, <sighs> stamp collectors. Um. So obviously Montreal has had a good week, but. Are they the team of the week? They are the team of the week. I feel like they've been the team of the week every week of the playoffs, at least like certainly the past month. They've they've sort of swept the team of the week. And I think it's because Elo, uh, you know, when your Elo starts out low or at least mediocre as far as playoff teams go with opportunity to grow, (laughs) you have opportunity to grow. Exactly. So (laughs) um, especially since Elo, the way it's set up and. I'll confess, this may come as a surprise to you, but I did not actually backtest this if this Uh. is, like, great for prediction, but it felt right, and it actually was mimicking what what we've done in baseball. But I think there's, like, a 50% bonus to the K factor, which is, uh, for for those who are not steeped in Arpad Elo's uh, uh, formulas for chess ratings, that's the velocity at which ratings change with new results so a uh, higher k factor means that it sort of responds more uh quickly to you know a, a game or a new piece of evidence whatever but can be uh, a little bit more easily fooled and isn't as good as tracking some of the longer term stuff exactly yeah you kind of have to to find the ideal k factor and so i did find that uh you know over the entire season i i tuned the the um for the correct k factor i forget what it is off the top of my head i think it's like four or something like that for yeah. in baseball it's like three in the nfl it's 20 so well, that we tells prefer... you exactly how how quickly I mean, hockey changes in hockey it is the uh we call it pain's constant um is oh, whatever, the, constant. whatever the current elo uh k factor is for right exactly yes of course that's, that's but yeah so like constant. because so, yeah. it's only because it's only 16 games in the nfl and potentially 17 that's why it's a higher k factor versus hockey which is kind of you know three a week and just 
uh, games are sort of less random in football, so you kind of get more uh, information from from a result that's sort of real or persistent. But so I kind of juiced it during the playoffs so that mm. um, each result has like 50% more sort of weight to it or 50% more All responsiveness right. in the ratings. Again, not something that I back tested specifically. Probably should have done that. Probably will do that if we roll this out as a um, uh, official 538 uh, <laughs> thing next year. But uh, for now, you know, it, it seemed right, but it allows a team like Montreal, and again, not without cause, to be able to add massive points to its ratings over the course of the playoffs. So, for instance, uh, when they started the playoffs this year, Montreal's uh, ELO rating was a mere 1476. Remember, like around 1500 is average. They're now they, up were, to they were among 15, the worst 16. teams that you had oh, yeah. that had ever made it this far in the tournament or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, I, I wanted to talk about, you know, we did a little talking about Cinderella stories last week, but this is kind of only intensified because uh, right now, according to our odds, they have a 63% chance of making the finals with a 3-2 lead, uh, which, of course, is lower than Tampa's chances with a 3-2 lead, which is 79%, right. uh, which <laughs> speaks to the fact Tampa is probably a lot better than Montreal still. But they were able to kind of add, you know, going from a 1476 at the end of the regular season to a 1516 now. Uh, it would take probably a lot longer to do that if that was over just all contained in the regular season, all of those games with the lower K factor. Whereas because they're postseason games, it allows you to kind of catch up quicker uh, and, and it is more easily impressed by, um, you know, recent results in the postseason. But again, I don't think that's like totally wrong i think that's yeah, actually yeah. kind of right and i think w with some of those teams that we talked about last week the teams that got hot in the playoffs maybe they had a hot goalie carry price style maybe they had you know guys coming back from injury or just you know they found <laughs> the right um they found the right mix uh, and i think montreal has done that if uh, especially watching that game uh against vegas uh whenever it was last night um yes when, when we were uh uh we're taping this on Wednesday as always. Um, but yeah, they seemed a lot fresher. They seemed like they really were like, had, had a lot of burst and they were on the road too. Again, yeah. potentially suffering the Vegas flu, uh, <laughs> or at least, uh, what we'll refer to as the Celine, the curse of Celine Dion. Uh, <laughs> we'll get, we'll get to her. We'll get, oh, to we her. could get to her. Yeah. Let's get to her later. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, you know, instead of, feeling sluggish they actually looked like they were a lot faster the puck a lot more you know they i hesitate to use the phrase they wanted it more uh as Oof. a stat head wow. yeah we, we always don't uh want to avoid saying that but they did seem like they were more willing to kind of mix it up and and just were you know hustling more and i think of i forget who it was that created that play on the first goal basically there was an icing that could have been called um uh but it was one of those situations where the team that potentially iced it, they can negate the icing mm. if they race down the ice and, and beat the other team to the puck. And that's exactly what they did. And that ended up actually helping set up the play where they then were able to score the first goal. And I think that that was indicative of how they just seemed a lot quicker to all of the 50-50 plays, all the loose pucks and everything like that. And They seemed to capitalize yeah. really well. 
Yeah, even like that 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 goal where you know Flurry made the first save, and then the puck came loose, and nobody really on Vegas bothered to uh, defend the the open man that was sort of streaking toward the net, and so he had like an easy rebound and just uh, shot it right in. And so, yeah, I feel like uh, Vegas was caught a little flat-footed at home in that game. And now I'm starting to believe, you know, this whole time I've been a skeptic of the Canadians. And I've been thinking, oh, well, you know, this magic won't last. This will wear off. Eventually they'll <laughs> they'll string together a few bad games in a row and they'll find themselves facing elimination or whatever. But, like, I don't know. I'm starting to believe in this team. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, mean... I mean- I have been obviously a long time believer in this team going well oh, back to the beginning of the season, yeah, uh, obviously January. throughout the playoffs. I mean, I knew for a fact that they were going to defeat um, Toronto. I guaranteed with a bullet that they were absolutely going to emerge as the winner of the Canadian division for the entire duration of it. You can go back and check the tape. And if it says something different, you should check the tape again, maybe redownload it. I don't know what to tell you, but um I don't know. It's just, they've been really fun to watch. And like typically w- with playoff stuff, like in any sport, I just desire fun to watch. Cause sometimes like there are teams that win in very boring ways. Um, and these teams have been very, very fun to watch. Uh, and you know, it's been definitely, you know, I went it, like, I mean, you remember last week, man, like we asked, what do you think the final is going to be? And there was only one person, one brave, brilliant, incisive, long-time fan who said that the Montreal was going to be the one to go. Uh, but I think it, it appears to be happening. Fudgy the whale-eating uh, gentleman yes. said that. Yes, absolutely. Um, the future <laughs> winner. I, I'm, I'm just very, like, I, again, I, I enjoy the Islanders, and obviously they're nearby, and you always want New York teams to perform well. If we do have to throw a fucking Carvel cake in the East, in the, in the Hudson River, <laughs> like, that that's going to be a really rough experience for a lot of people. Yeah, least of uh, all fudgy because he actually yep. can swim. He's a whale. Yeah. Well, oh, are we gonna, said it was going to be a cookie puss. Yeah, we're getting a cookie puss. So there's no winning there. Oh man. Um but anyway, uh yeah, it's been great. So they are our team of the week. Uh they've been doing really great. This is incidentally our twenty third episode. Um do you have I mean, clearly we come to this week after week of just like, you know, each time you designate the goon of the week, so to speak. And so do you have a number twenty three in mind? Yeah, well, I guess the question is whether we want to look at all the 23s and find the most goonish 23 uh, starting now. I was going to go with a guy who actually uh, played, keeping with the Montreal theme, uh, I I feel like I'm going to present multiple options yet again, because we do have uh, Montreal-centric options to choose from uh, here. So one of them is a guy by the name of Bob Gainey, who played for Montreal in the 1970s and was a uh, kind of a key member of their, what a lot of people would consider the greatest team of all time, uh, which was the late 70s Montreal Canadiens team that uh, really steamrolled their way to multiple Stanley Cups. Probably their best version was the 1977 team. It had 132 points uh, during the regular season and only lost twice in the playoffs. It swept the final over the Boston Bruins. Uh, and this was just a like ridiculous dominant team. They were first in goals for, first in fewest goals allowed. Uh, just incredible. And they had a lot of great players on that team. Uh, you know, Guy Lafleur, Steve Shutt. 
Larry Robinson was a great defenseman on that team. Uh, but one of the sort of unsung heroes of that team was Bob Gainey, who wore number 23 for them. His whole career is in the Hall of Fame. And he's a he's kind of a rare player who's in the Hall of Fame for his defense, especially as a as a forward. We talked about the Selkie Trophy uh, before, which I think got high marks for its design. It looks good, I think it, but it's it looks, the best. It's a good-looking trophy, but... What, good-looking is trophy. It, it's, what is it's it? It's for the best defensive forward. Huh. I think they actually announced that uh, recently, uh, maybe this week. Uh, let's, let's do a real-time search to see if we can find who did it, because I think uh, Alex Barkov won it. Let me take a look. Uh, yes, Alexander Barkov of the Florida Panthers uh, won the Selkie Trophy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he, he won it over Patrice Bergeron and Mark Stone. But that trophy is basically, uh, it could be called the Ganey Trophy because Bob Ganey <laughs> won it four times. Uh, and he was instrumental to the success of those Canadians teams, even though he didn't score a lot on the 77 Canadians, for instance, he was 14th in scoring. He only had 33 points, uh, on that team, but he still was one of their best players. Uh, he, uh, was named, uh, or he received votes on the all-star team, uh, like the end of year, you know, best players type of team. Uh, and he led the NHL in uh, games played during those playoffs uh, that year, uh, even though he only scored five points. But he was just there for his defense and was able to shut down the opponent's best scorer. Uh, and, and then he went on to have a uh, distinguished career as a executive also. I remember him building the Dallas Stars um, team that won the Cup in 1999. Uh, so shout out to Bob Gainey, but also we have another number 23 for the Montreal Canadiens named Brian Bellows, who was more of a scorer. He scored 55 goals in a season in 1990. He had 99 points that year as well. He wasn't with Montreal that year, but he had a 40 goal season in 1993 for the Montreal Canadiens team. That was the last Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup. He also wore uh, number 23 and he was not a defensive forward, you know, necessarily. He never um, got uh, Selkie trophy votes. And in fact, in his career was a uh, quite a minus uh, in the plus minus. We uh, we don't tend to endorse that statistic on its own. Uh, but when you're a minus 120 in your career, yes, he was playing for some bad teams, but probably not a Selkie trophy uh, uh, perennial threat to win that trophy. But he was a good player. Uh, and probably Hall of Good type of guy uh, in his career. He scored 485 goals, for instance. He had over 1,000 points. So really depends on, you know, pick your poison. Do you like a guy that doesn't score that much uh, but plays great defense and wears mm. number 23 for the Montreal Canadiens? Or do you like someone who scores more, maybe not the greatest defensive player, uh, player but wears number 23 for the Montreal Canadiens? Or... We could just break the tie by by looking at penalty minutes. In fact, I'll, I'll give you that as a consideration. It can be part of the 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 tableau of the difference be- between the two teams for you to consider. So, Gainey yeah. had 585 penalty minutes in his career, and That's Bellows had 718 penalty Oof. minutes in his career. Uh, so, uh, you can kind of take your pick between the two. They almost played also. Very interestingly, they almost played exactly the same number of games in their career. Uh, Ganey had 1160 and Bellows had 1188. So it's not a matter of differences in um, 
in in games or opportunities. I mean, he's got to go Bellows. It's just like listen, like that's those are going Bellows on the basis just purely of uh, of penalty minutes. I mean, listen, I'm a simple guy. I see a number, and then I see a number that is considerably higher. I'm gonna go with a considerably higher number, Neil. Like we've been friends a long time. That's just how this works, right? This is data journalism in action. <laughs> it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's just black and white for you. It's it's all about who's the bigger goon is. You're not going to care about those defensive numbers, which <clears throat> arguably are more impressive because he didn't take penalties while doing all that defending. Bellows, mm. on the other hand, didn't even do that much defending and still took more penalties. That hurts the team. Here's the thing. I don't know. This podcast is not called a couple of defensive numbers. It's called a couple of goons. <laughs> a, a couple of selkie winners. That's what we should change our name to. Um, that being said, though, that being said, and I want to point this out, there is something delightful about doing goonery and then getting away with that without facing consequences. Right. Yes. Arguably. I mean, you know, I think Bellows uh, or I think Ganey was probably known for, you know, clean defending, clean living probably also. Mm. Uh, but, uh, you know, there were probably some times in which because of his just pure skill as a defender, he did something that was uh, rule bending and got away with it. Got away with it. I mean, that's kind of, you know, in the spirit of the show. I see where you're going with this. And I agree. All right. You've changed your mind. I swear. I, have. You? I oh did. My you God. were very persuasive. This is the first time this ever happened. Although we've really only been doing this kind of head to head number thing. <laughs> what? Like two, three episodes. Uh, yes, this is a very new one. Also, I can't find the sound effect for dropping the gloves, but I feel like that was dropping the gloves, right? <laughs> we dropped the gloves. We dropped the gloves. Ugh, wonderful work, everybody. Uh, and you won that fight yet again, but one of these days, ooh, one of these days I will get you. <laughs> <laughs> Mark my words. Mark my words. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's as if you shook my hand and I was like, I can't believe that I just shook hands with that hey. guy. Hey, yeah. that you know, I think that that should be the motto of this show. Is I can't believe I, can't I just, believe shook, hands I just shook hands with that guy. <laughs> I think that's the a good Dino Cicerelli. It is an on point. Um, it is definitely an on point motto for a uh, pandemic era um, founded. Um, oh, that's podcast. true. Also, yeah, <laughs> so I like yeah. that. That's a good one. Um, sick. All right. Yeah. No, clean living. I can. I can deal with that. I had a. I did a. You know, like juice. Like like vegetable juice that you make oh from yeah the juicer. yeah i had one recently and i was like this is really good and i might start doing it so um it's I'm like good a with juice clean cleanse living. i can live with it yeah but like you know clean living that's what i'm about now <laughs> you're the bob gainey of this podcast no i've gone to bars every day this week <laughs> <laughs> every single day um so uh this week we kind of wanted to talk a lot about montreal um they have a very winning reputation, uh, just kind of bigger picture. Is that right? Yeah, they are the all-time winningest franchise in the history of the NHL, which is kind of funny, you know, to think about them as being these underdogs that they clearly are in this in these playoffs, the team nobody believed in, the team that is like coming, you know, pulling itself up by the by the bootstraps and, uh, you know, <laughs> making itself into this winner you know, that nobody saw coming. It's like, yeah, they're kind of the Yankees of hockey. In fact, uh, I really, uh, yeah. So they've only won two fewer championships than, uh, the Yankees. They've, they've won 25, although only 23 of those are Stanley cups, which is probably also a long story that I don't necessarily want to get into. Uh, I'm pretty sure lady Bing was involved. Uh, but (laughs) she's fun. (laughs) I love Lady Bing. We're big fans of Lady Bing. We're big fans of her. Despite being goons and her trophy being sort of awarding the anti-goon. 
mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, the Montreal Canadiens are basically the Yankees of the NHL. And so it would be like, I don't know. It would be like if the Yankees like barely squeaked into the playoffs because somehow the AL East was just awful and they uh, they snagged like that second, you know, wild card or they snagged, you know, uh, the division title in a down year for Boston, down year for Tampa. This is not necessarily being a scenario that that sounds like it's remotely even possible in baseball, but who knows, maybe someday (laughs) it would be. And so they sneak into the playoffs and then say the Yankees won some rounds and they found themselves, you know, in the cusp of going to the World Series. We'd be like, well, on the one hand, nobody thought they'd do this and they probably aren't that great. On the other hand, they are the freaking Yankees. They, like, they the are Yankees. we really considering them to be uh, this underdog story? And so I think that that's a little bit of the framing that you find with uh, this Montreal team. That's but it's funny. been so long. Although, to be fair, it's been a little bit of a while for the Yankees, too. To just, it's been know, a minute. To be honest. It, I mean, it's it, not I, been as long as it's been for Montreal. Uh, no. Not 1993. But, it but has been a minute. it's great to always point <laughs> yeah. out the Yankees have only won one World Series uh, since 2000. And uh, just went a decade without a World Series appearance for, I want to say, only the second time in their history. Anyway, again, it's, it's neither bad, here nor yeah. there. <laughs> See, you, I, you think that you're hurting me, but my secret is I don't like baseball. <laughs> yeah, you don't care about this. You don't no. care about this at all. I just kind of default not doing to a baseball York. podcast. No, exactly. What is baseball? I mean, if I wanted to listen to a podcast where half of the people involved in it were just jamming sticky crap on the main implement of the sport. Like where would that put us? Like they're not putting sticky stuff on, on, on a puck. No, no. Although I guess if it did uh, touch the part of your stick that had like exposed tape, cause you did mm. a shitty tape job, then maybe you could get some sticky stuff on the puck. I don't know. I don't know what that would do. I think that the principle of ice is that it's unsticky. This is the least sticky of all sports. Ooh. Do you think that's true? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in terms of uh, in terms of surface, yeah. Pro- I mean, like, are we talking about friction? Just pure, I th- I mean, you know, get, physics. What is- what is stickiness if not the active presence of, fi- uh, of friction? Of right? friction, yeah, yeah, right. So you know, find your coefficient of restitution <laughs> or whatever it is, and then uh, we'll, we'll talk. Wow. But yeah, I think ice certainly has has a uh, very low amount of friction, which is kind of the point of hockey. Yes, it's. it's I think it's, it's pretty it's, fundamental. It's it's rather key appeal. I think. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, they wasted all this time with mottos like you know fastest sport in the world kind of true coolest i mean highlight would like a word coolest (laughs) sport (laughs) in the world technically true maybe not metaphorically true although maybe metaphorically true curling Curling also like freaking sweaters because they're moving so slow and so the cold gets them even more so i don't know what right you don't wear i'm like the iditarod i think certainly would be considered a cooler just temperature purely on temperature it's not a sport Sport? It's like a like the dogs are to ask the dogs about how they feel if it's a sport or not. Yeah, I mean, like it's not a human sport. I'll tell you that much. Well, All right. I mean, it's probably pretty, you know, grueling. To I haven't ridden one of those, um, you know, uh, caravans of dogs up into the frigid yeah, north. But like me dropping my laundry off at the laundromat is grueling. Like I don't get a freaking <laughs> Olympic gold medal for doing it, though. Like. Did you just compare dropping your laundry off at the laundromat to riding in the Iditarod? Yeah, it's it involves a bunch of heavy shit, and sometimes you got to walk around dog poop. I don't know what to tell you, man. And, like, and sometimes you do it in the in the cold. Yeah, sometimes it's kind of cold like, out. Why am I out here? Why am I doing this? Yeah, and the answer is because I did not do laundry for a month. And so, do they 
do they have Washingfold? Uh, so, uh, yeah. So I think, you know, they wasted time on these other slogans that they uh, could have used when they could have just been like the world's most frictionless game. Exactly. Frictionless. You won't find it here. No, like the least sticky. Like, I mean, come on, that's just right there for you. The least sticky. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, that's not true. There are sticks in the sport. Shit. Well, we'll get, yeah. we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it soon. I'm sure that Mr. Bettman will figure it out. <laughs> but like, yeah, he has a history of that. Yes. Uh, yeah. So this is basically like the Yankees of hockey have pulled off some kind of weird underdog uh, string of upsets, and now they're on the verge of making the championship, uh, making the World Series of hockey. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, did I just call the Stanley Cup final the World Series of Hockey? I did. I'm a little bit shocked that it's you offensive. let that pass your lips. It is uh, offensive, referring that I said to that. like you know the Stanley Cup of baseball. That's probably a little bit the better. Right? Cup of, it's the Stanley Cup of baseball of hockey, <laughs> <laughs> which is just the Stanley Cup. Unbelievable. Uh, uh, yeah. So that's how we're feeling right now. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I mean, I think that they're fun. I think that they've got like a very good. Ch- I know that you mentioned uh, like a 62 percent chance. Yeah, they got a 62% chance, as per ELO, at least. Uh, Which is or weird. Or 63% chance of... That's like of, kind of low, though, for a team that's like one game away versus... It's like, you know... Well, Vegas is the third highest rated team in hockey yeah. by ELO, uh, trailing only the Tampa Bay Lightning, who laid a mighty hurting on the Islanders. Probably got maybe too much credit in ELO for that because ELO looks at that. I mean, there is a diminishing return factor to right. ELO for big blowouts. Uh, so it's, you know, not that much better to win 8 nothing than it is to win like 3 nothing or 4 nothing or something. Yeah. But like ELO did look at that and was like, hey, this team might be pretty good. You know, I, I don't want to go out on a limb here, but this team that might was- be good. It was brutal to watch. It was just really rough. And somehow it's only the second um, worst blowout I've seen this year for some reason. But anyway, I think. <laughs> Wait, are you doing a callback to that fire game? No, that perish the thought. <laughs> I would never do such a thing. Yeah, it was funny. I mean, I want to get back to Montreal for a second. Yes. But uh, it was funny during that Tampa game to like I turned it off after the four after it was four nothing because I was like, you know, it's getting late. <laughs> I need to, you know, sleep as a human. But also, they're not coming back in this game. Yeah. And then I did sort of like scroll through and look at the uh, the score again, check it again, like before I actually really wanted to conk out. And I saw it and it was like 7 nothing. I was like, what? what is happening right now? And then it became, I, 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 I messaged you and Emily about it when it was 7 nothing. Yeah. And by that time, it had become eight nothing. Yeah, <laughs> they got the what you know what happened is they got the two point conversion. So, <laughs> damn it. But yeah, it was it was really. Um, I, yeah, I don't know what to make of it, and I think probably that's one of those games where like both teams want to sort of tear up the the game tape, and you know, from Tampa's perspective, you gotta feel like uh, you shouldn't be overconfident. Got to stay hungry get out there and take care of business because as we've seen teams with three, two leads can really let those slip away easily. If they're not focused, Mm -hmm. shout out to the Montreal, uh, shout out to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, But then uh, yeah, if you're the Islanders, you're just like, "Ah, what are we really going to take away from this? You know, uh, obviously it wasn't good to lose eight, nothing, but like tomorrow's another day, get back out there. 
uh, maybe do something about that Tampa power play. That's kind of the one thing that I would probably take away from that. Maybe play uh, a little bit tighter checking on that Stamkos guy. You know, that good Braden Point guy is pretty good. Maybe uh, shadow him a little bit better. But yeah, there are a lot that, of lessons I mean, that you like... seem like you can take away from it, though, actually. <laughs> but no, I mean, other than that, it's like you would have gotten those lessons from like if it had stayed for nothing. It didn't need to be eight nothing. Yeah. So like, it's like that, that uh, whatever it is, Ralph Wiggum, where they're like, stop, stop. He's already dead. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it seemed like they were just kind of rubbing it in at a certain point. And uh, it was a bummer because I was in a like I was in I, a friend. So I have a friend in town. Accidentally, basically, the American Airlines Corporation. I don't know if you're following the news, but they canceled like hundreds of flights. And wow. she was on. So she was in LaGuardia on a connection, and the flight was just canceled. So she's just been in New York for a few days. So we've been I've been showing her, uh, you know, talk of the town, all that kind of stuff. And um, <clears throat> you know, I went to like two or three Islanders bars that night that had the game on and like the mood was just increasingly getting worse that night as, as, oh, as, as things changed. Like, well, did you, know. you see the fan? So, you know, they, they had a look like a pretty packed house, you know, at least a decent showing of fans at Nassau Coliseum to, to watch the game, you know, on television. And, uh, there was a fan that was sitting there and sort of like they started the game you know, he was, he was, uh, looking at it, you know, uh, it, he was pumped. He had his Jersey on his hat. And then like one goal happens or maybe a couple goals. He like throws down the hat, kind of paces around the, the stairs. Then like two more goals happen. He rips off the Jersey, throws <laughs> it down and like storms off. But then they found that he came back. He like got the Jersey back on, oh, which is no. really like, you know, that's a little humiliating also. Like you, you know, you, you put it back on after the dramatic tear off and storm off. Yeah. And then, and then had to do it again. They they had footage of him doing it again after, you know, two or three more goals happened. And at that point, it's like, OK, you should probably leave at this point. It, it would it would be more embarrassing if you just came back than <laughs> then and leave the jersey like, you know. I don't know. At that point, you can't, do you leave the jersey? Do you leave that? I, mean, I think that at that point, there's something that like there, there's. You know, we are obviously very logical and, and mathematical and statistical and, 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 and fairly assiduous analysts of sports, I would say. But that that that, that jersey is cursed, uh, like fundamentally <laughs> um, inside of its bones. And it does need to be destroyed because there yeah. is no recovering uh, yeah. from that kind of curse. So, so, yeah, maybe you text your friend that you uh, went with that's still there and have them, <laughs> you know, pick it up. But do that thing like cops do on tv shows with like evidence so they don't want to touch <laughs> it they just take like a pen and just sort of like pick it up you know from uh by the collar just stick <laughs> something in it and then sort of drag it outside and then do like a ceremonial burning in the parking lot yeah i, I mean i'm sure that you know it's long island you should be able to find two catholic priests an old priest and a young priest oh, yeah. to carry out the uh the exorcism yes yeah. the necessary situation <laughs> but yeah, no, that's uh that was that was a rough go. But back to the Canadians. <laughs> um Yeah, we went on a little bit of a um aside, but I, I think it was a worthy one. Um but <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm just continue to be impressed by a lot of things with Montreal. Uh from the goaltending of Carey Price. Yes. I think we continue to have to say He that, had a few um, really completely ridiculous saves. Like yeah. the other night. Yeah, and and just in the playoffs as a whole, I I do think that 
the default is always to think about the goalie for the the team that you know kind of comes out of nowhere as a big time candidate for the uh con Smythe that's the playoff MVP uh which we rated as a very high trophy because it has the maple leaf in the background and then has like the little model of um, the hall of fame in it's front got of a it. good looking one yeah it's a good looking trophy uh, but usually default to the hot goalie for that so i think Carey price is really building up his his con Smythe resume you know, as, as he looks to stamp a trip to the final. And they've also just gotten a lot of production from really young players. I think that that's, what's really fun about this team from Kote Kanyemi, who uh, had the, had the opening goal. Uh, he's just 20. Cole Caulfield oh. is 20. Nick Suzuki is only 21 uh, this season. And he's their leading scorer in this series. He has five points uh, and, and four assists. So, you know, yes, they have grizzled veterans like Carey Price. He's 33. They have oh, wow. Corey Perry, who's sort of like, a, you know, a, a, a grizzled vet, if ever there was one. And truly uh, one of the, uh, I think, one of the most hated players still in the league in terms of his um, <laughs> his playing style. Uh, but maybe he's kind of, um, he's re- rehabilitated that <laughs> some in these playoffs. Uh, certainly he's paid the price. Uh, and, and, you know, gotten in there physical, uh, he has like a big gash on the side of his nose, uh, and all that, but yeah, they, they have this nice mix of like, yeah, they've got some veterans and some, some guys that have been there a long time. Eric Stahl also, he's 36. Uh, Jeff Petrie is no spring chicken either, but they also have these young guys and that's been fun to watch. And maybe that's also sort of like, Hey, you could make the case that that's why this Montreal um, team has staying power and is not necessarily as much of a fluke as some of those other teams that we talked about, the Cinderella teams that had a great finals run and then kind of crapped out in the final and then maybe were not heard from necessarily again uh, the following season. Uh, (laughs) That seems to be a little bit of a pattern for uh, the Cinderella. But maybe you could make the case that Montreal, with all these young guys, they could, you know, rebound. Uh, and and run it back. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it is a it's a really fun team. I, I didn't really kind of notice that dynamic until you pointed out, but like it does seem like there are a lot, a lot of younger players in a way that like I guess like how would you does is hockey the kind of sport where like <clears throat> in the NFL obviously you need to really kind of like you have a window of opportunity where you have the talent that you need under the cap that you have like. And it seems very hard to sustain a long-term franchise uh, of success kind of thing. It's like exceptionally rare, right? Is it the similar thing in, in hockey where like this, the, each team only kind of has like a real four to five year window tops where they can make a go of it? Or can you build a team that is just kind of like old, young, you know, everybody's kind of in sync, you know? That's a good question because we have seen, you know, despite the fact that we have not seen that many back-to-back winners, we have seen dynasties. I would call them dynasties by the definition of winning, you know, multiple cups in, you know, three years or five year span or something like that. Like we saw the Blackhawks do that uh, in the early part of the 2010s. Uh, We we saw the Kings do that. Uh, We we talked about them as being a Cinderella made good where they ended (laughs) up winning the cup again a couple of years later. Um, we, We saw that with the Red Wings, certainly in the previous decade where they just sort of stayed powerful for a long time so it is possible and i think it does depend on you know scouting and and player development and nailing those draft picks uh and and getting you know the younger generation in there uh and 
not making mistakes with the cap, I think, is like a huge thing where you you do have to lock. Eventually, you have to lock up players that you think are foundational to your team uh, to contracts that could actually end up sort of being bad if if they uh, if if they go south. So you have to make the right decision. And what we've seen from those teams, uh, especially like Pittsburgh with Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. And uh, a lot of the Chicago cornerstones, Patrick Kane, uh, all those guys, is that they tended to really like they had a generation of players that kind of came up together. They had hit on some draft picks uh, around the same you know period of years, and they locked those guys up to uh, contracts that were fair, but mm-hmm. they also sort of made the right call with a, a lot of them, and they didn't have a lot of misses. And for play- for players that they you know, had to make decisions about. I remember Chicago had to cut loose like a lot of key players from that first Stanley Cup that they won, which was maybe a little bit ahead of schedule, ahead of where they thought that they would be. Hmm. And they uh, they let go the starting goalie from that team. They let go uh, some of the uh, defensemen and and forwards and things like that. And But they kept their young core together. And they were like, these are the guys they identified, you know, a group of, you know, like five guys that they were going to build around for the next decade and made made commitments to them and then just built around that and it ended up paying huge dividends for them and so i think that that is sort of the model under the salary cap era is you get these guys when they're young and they're on pretty favorable deals early but you know they're not going to be that way forever so you have to really identify who your core is and not make mistakes on players that like if you're, you know, Sidney Crosby is kind of a no-brainer to to build your team around. <laughs> Obviously, he's he's a once-in-a-generation type player. Uh, but if you have players like that or even sort of close to that, uh, locking them up, but then don't make the mistake of overpaying or overly being sentimental with the guys that, you know, were in the supporting cast, because I do feel like you can replace those guys or find other guys to fill those roles. And one of the dangers that teams fall into is that they get kind of sentimental about the the players that helped them win. And maybe they give too much of a contract to uh, players that, you know, yes, they played a great role and they'll always be appreciated, but you can find other ways to win. Uh, and you, you, without, you know, cap, uh, handicapping yourself going forward. So that seems to be the model that, that some of these successful multi-year teams have built. And, and Tampa Bay is a great example of that as well. I mean, if you look at who is, uh, producing for them and, and their team, like Kucherov is in the middle of his prime and you can make a case for him being the best player on the planet. But <laughs> Braden point at uh, Braden point is one of the younger guys, you know, he's 24. He's uh, of this generation that wasn't on the team that lost the Stanley cup final in the mid 2010s. Uh, like, you know, Stamkos was, for instance, he was the best player on that team. Uh, but uh They've been able to kind of have a, a team that made a cup final run and then retool with another generation of players around that and, and made that great uh, you know series of decisions of who to keep, who to pay, who to lock up as part of your core and who to let go. And that's a testament to Steve Eiserman in some ways, who's not with them anymore. He's not their GM. And certainly they've made a lot of um, shrewd decisions since he left as well. But you can definitely see... Uh, 
the the Iserman touch all over this team as well. So I think it really the GMs that built these teams have done a great job uh, of of identifying the players to keep and the ones to um, to maybe move on from. Interesting. That's cool. I mean, again, like I know that there's a lot of like like those are always controversial, and and you know there is something to be said for like having you know players in hockey seem to have longer careers just on balance than those in many other sports, which I guess is one reason that potentially you can get a little sentimental with people who might not necessarily be performing, but are still doing well enough, you know? Well, it makes me think back to, and ironically, they perhaps haven't been the best example of this um, in, in practice, but I think about the Chicago Cubs when they won the world series in 2016, Joe Madden and Theo Epstein had this motto that I think, Madden like wrote on uh you know every all, every score uh every scorecard that he filled out which was uh D B A F F which stands for don't be a fucking fan. In other Ooh. words, your your job as the sort of decision maker on the team is to stay away from the emotional and the uh sentimental attachments that a fan would have of the team and that's great for the fans you know let them have that that those emotions are what uh sports are all about yeah yeah but as someone who's in charge you're actually your obligation is uh is to avoid that as much as possible and to not be a fucking fan uh now again their core you know which seemed like it was going to win a lot of world series or as I like to call it, the Stanley Cup of baseball, uh, <laughs> hasn't quite done that. Uh, you know, they they haven't really lived up uh, quite to that p- uh, potential that they seemed like they had. But I always loved that motto as an uh, as an idea, and I think it, it's more important in hockey than it is in baseball. Because in baseball, yes, you have budgets, yes, you have the luxury tax, but ultimately, if you wanted to spend uh, just a astronomical amount of money on your team you could do that yeah you know there's nothing in the it is rule the founding principles you. of the of the new york yankees this is yes this is their entire business model <laughs> like, yeah and certainly yeah for for uh many many decades that was true and so uh, in hockey there's a very hard limit to how much you can spend so the idea of don't be a fucking fan is even more important in hockey than uh than some of the other sports. I mean, even in basketball, you can go over the cap to re-sign your own players, which would be the players that you would be feeling those fan emotions about. So, yeah, it's it's definitely um, hockey is one where you can you can screw yourself over by making bad decisions uh, under the cap, or you can help yourself actually be much more competitive and have a longer competitive window by making the right decisions. Fascinating. Cool. And so with the four teams that we have remaining, you know, last time that we talked, you, you, I believe you, which teams did you think were going to make the, the Stanley Cup final? I think I said Vegas versus the Islanders, which seems to be the least likely matchup right now. Really? Yeah. I believe that's right. I believe I said that. So, you know, kudos to me for another prediction. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, it's, you know, the Montreal one, I think, uh, I, I don't think you could find anyone outside of Montreal itself that thought that Vegas uh, would would be upended by them. And again, it's not over by any stretch of the imagination. No, um, no. Yeah. Vegas, uh, like I was saying, in terms of ELO, they're the um, third highest rated team in the league behind the Lightning and the Avalanche, who they beat uh, in the playoffs. But the Avalanche still have um, a higher rating after those losses that, that Vegas had against Montreal. But the point is, is that they've been a cream of the crop type of team for for 
the whole season. So if any team can kind of dig out of this deficit, it would be them. Uh, but yeah, it's it's looking a little bit like an uphill battle. And then the Islanders, yeah, I mean, they they do seem to be facing even more of a uphill climb, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and, and so the next game is in Montreal, right? Yeah, because they were at um, they were at yeah. Vegas or Celine Dion's uh, oh, home yeah, no. city. We need to talk about Celine Dion real quick. Um, so yeah. <clears throat> uh, there was this wonderful uh, uh, Montreal newspaper that um, tweeted out uh, Celine Dion is a traitor, and they had an image there of Celine Dion in a um, a Vegas jersey that was broadcast and a helmet. She and was a wearing helmet. a helmet. Now here's the thing. This was, I mean, I don't think that this is an actual photo shoot. I think that, th- that somebody pulled it together and was like, oh, this is an album cover that they redid. But that being <laughs> said, Celine Dion, obviously, somewhat notoriously, uh, very, very famous uh, Canadian, uh, and has had, you know, a Vegas residency for, for, for quite some time. I think one of the, like, probably the second most notorious one after Britney, I guess. But, um, and so, or yeah. Elvis. I've never heard of him. Um, is, is he is he also currently at a at a hearing trying to get the uh, the, the, the judge to lift uh, uh, his father's control of of, of assets? Now, um, if you believe some people, yes, <clears throat> yes. Oh wait, yeah, no, you're right. Um, I forgot that that is like one of the old conspiracy theories that is like kind of cool. Like before conspiracy theories got really bad and ugly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that I, I love that conspiracy theory. QAnon, not so much, but. Uh, yeah, so Celine Dion. Uh, it, so, so you, I, I didn't know the backstory of whether that was an actual photo or not, uh, or whether she had expressed fandom of of the Golden Knights or or the Canadians. But uh, yeah, if she, if she, I could see her doing either. Though I really could see uh, see it going either way. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like. Uh... I like it when you know you find somebody who's got conflicting loyalties and you really put them on the spot. Um, oh, like me with that Sixers Hawks series. That was a, yeah, exactly. Uh, how's that going for you? Well, it's going great now that I can just root for Atlanta. You know, <laughs> um, not so great for the Sixers though. Yeah, I don't think that that process worked out for them. But either way, uh, hey, uh, yeah, um, not great. But yeah, so I would say. I'm very excited for me to be right. I'm very excited to not have to dump uh, a, a lovely um, cookie puss into the yeah, so, river. So the condition under which that happens is Montreal, Montreal versus uh, Islanders and the okay. Hudson River connecting, obviously, the province of, of, of uh, Quebec with the city of New York. Yes. And therefore, I mean, it might make more sense to do the Long Island Sound, I guess. But uh, yeah, either way. I mean, Henry Hudson definitely had a presence up there. He definitely did. He had a lot of presences everywhere. But either way, yeah. Um, <laughs> him and him and St. Lawrence of the St. Lawrence Seaway. I don't know if that's a thing. St. Lawrence is a is a little older story. I think uh, he's 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 a fun one. Uh, my middle name is Lawrence, and so I know. Oh yeah, that's right. And I was like raised Catholic, so like I know the thing that's weird about being that that situation is that like one early thing that you are taught and like have to typically do like a presentation on is like how was your saint murdered and like you have to like tell the class precisely the situation in which they were martyred and uh, oh and sure. So- and St. Lawrence has a really, really good one. Um, 
Oh, really? Do yes. tell. So he was um he he was caught doing some bullshit and like the Romans were being Romans and they were like, "Well, we're going to we're going to we're going to roast you over hot coals." And uh and his like alleged final words are flip me over and I'm done on this side. And I really like that. Uh, <laughs> now like, see that is that's what I call a final word. Exactly. Uh and so uh but yeah, no, St. Lawrence was not a discoverer of America. He was just a rad guy who had some cool opinions about some stuff. <laughs> um but yeah. Um so that's that. Um I guess so you you think that it's gonna go, you know, Tampa, Montreal? I, according to you know, I'm I'm gonna. I have no choice but to follow <laughs> the will of the of the Elo model, and so yeah, it seems like the most likely matchup. And again, it's not certain by any stretch of the imagination, which is still like the cool thing about hockey, yeah. even at this stage, is that weird shit can happen. So here's if if you multiply together the odds, yes, uh, of that of that matchup happening, so. 79% for Tampa and uh, 63% for Montreal, you get essentially exactly 50%. Ooh. So it's 50% that will see that particular matchup and it's 50% that will see any other matchup happen. I mean, that, that I, those are fun odds. I enjoy that. So. Fun, fun odds. Yeah. Yeah. So we will have to see how uh, the rest of this proceeds. Um, that being said, I guess, uh, do you know, so does the Stanley Cup start next week then? Because I think that the last games for this are like Saturday, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll have to <clears throat> double check uh, on the fly, which is always compelling audio. Yes. Uh, but the the end of the Montreal series, which would be the last possible game of the um, uh, of this semifinal round, not the conference. I guess they are calling it the conference finals. Would be Saturday, uh, and so I don't know when that would set uh, Stanley Cup Finals Game One. But you can bet I'm Googling it as we speak uh, furiously. Furiously Googling. And I'm not even sure they actually have. I don't think they have. The way that they've done this, the whole playoffs, seems like they've uh, played a little close to the vest as to when. uh, I also think that there's a solid chance that, like, the government of Canada will have very strong opinions about some of this, too. (laughs) Like. Yeah, although they've been good about, you know, letting. letting Montreal come and play at someone else's house. Yes. So, you know, that's been good. Uh, and, and you know what? It's paid off for them. So, it really has. And it really is interesting. You know, one thing, one last thing on Montreal is I really would love to see, like, or know the dynamic in Canada of, like, how the mixed emotions around this run that's happening, especially if they do end up going to the final, because obviously this is a country that, really would love to see a team from Canada win the Stanley Cup. But would they love to see that team from Canada win the Stanley <laughs> Cup? Again, it is like a Yankees situation and probably even a little more fraught because of the whole Anglophone versus Francophone uh, stuff. But yeah, it's sort of like, am I happy to see the Yankees in, you know, it's sort of like, back when I lived in New York state, uh, you know, do I, New York city, do I want to see a New York team when, I mean, it'd be cool, right? You know, cool to to have the ticker tape parade and the Canyon of heroes and this, that, and the other. It's like, if the Yankees are that team though, am I happy to see that? Am I rooting for that? Not really. Uh, Not typically. Probably not. I mean, I have to feel that, that like, while places in Canada might be happy about that, I don't think that Toronto is going to be happy about that. Like I, I have a very no Toronto. 
Although Toronto might, you know, the only justification there might be the whole like team that beat my team theory, where it's mm. it's a little like your 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 guiding principle of fandom in these playoffs. So it's sort of <laughs> like, well, if the only team, you know, that was better. yeah, maybe we couldn't, yeah, maybe we couldn't beat Montreal in a seven game series, but. Damn it, we had the nobody else beat them either, and we had them on the ropes. You know, mm-hmm. just one or two things changed. We could have been the Stanley Cup uh, yes. champs. Although, you know, that's not a super compelling uh, argument from that particular team. Yeah, I don't think that. I think that. So here's the thing: if you are a fan of the uh, of the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, email us and let us know what you think. Just goons yeah. uh, at. Yes, you can do us at goons at substack.com or goons at numlock.news. Yes, because this is a... Uh, you got options. You got a lot of options. Um, <clears throat> and uh, and yeah, so uh, obviously people can find uh, all of these ratings updated all the time at our website, which is uh, oh, all, all, spelled the out, all spelled out, github.com slash neilpain538.com, all spelled out. Um, and uh, And yeah, where can people find you? Are you working on anything cool these days? Well, I think you mentioned where they can find me. No, uh, we're we're gearing up for the for the Olympics at five thirty eight, so we're going to have something cool uh, rolled out before then. And uh, yeah, just you know, enjoying a sports summer with like some normalcy to it. You know, it's a little later for the Stanley Cup uh, and the NBA playoffs than uh, normal, but you know, not that much later. We got baseball going. You know, normal as as anything. And, uh, yeah, football, of course, remains completely unmoved by any events in the outside world. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm excited uh, about this summer of sports. How about you, Walt? I'm excited for the Olympics. It'll be great. Uh, yeah. You can find me at Twitter, Walt Hickey. You can find my newsletter, Numlock. And then you can find me at Insider. Where I'm doing some cool stuff. Uh, and, yeah, that's about oh, it. Well, I wanted to mention, you mentioned, yeah, we were talking about the Olympics, uh, and I wanted to ask a a trivia question to you. So, can you tell me who has the most all-time gold medals in hockey at the Olympics? Interesting. Um, Are you asking for a person, or are you asking for a country? A country. Got it. Um, In hockey, I'm going to guess Sweden. No. Fuck. Then I'm going to change my guess and upgrade it to Finland. <laughs> no. Fuck. Um, I'm going to guess America. Uh, no. Fuck. I'm going to guess Canada. No. I'm going to guess Switzerland? I'll, I'll, uh, once you got to Canada, I was going to stop you. Okay. So the team with the all-time most gold medals in hockey at the Olympics is India. They have really? eight gold medals. But... <laughs> When I say hockey, when the IOC says hockey, they mean field hockey. You dog. Oh, <laughs> they say I knew that ice hockey is its own separate category. <laughs> so technically, India, with eight gold medals, has the most gold medals of any country in hockey at the Olympics. Which is like field but hockey? It's not our hockey. Yes, it's Damn field it. hockey. <laughs> what if what if during wait, what if during the Olympics we covered field hockey? Oh my god, yes! Dude, a couple of goons, a <gasps> hockey podcast. Wow! Again, yeah, let's do it. Nobody <laughs> said what surface it needed to be on. No, exactly. So <laughs> I'm I'm feeling pretty excited about That's this. Fun. And, okay, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. This is good. This is good stuff. This is great. All right. Um. Well, uh, be sure to you know like 
subscribe. I feel like we should be saying that stuff occasionally. But uh, yeah, go do that stuff. Have a good week. Enjoy the games. Bye.